Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo Inter Podcast. With me as usual is Parmeshwar and Manish. And seven victories in a row or seven unbeaten in a row right now against Genoa. And honestly speaking, like I was very pissed off at the end of first half because we didn't kill off the game. First minute goal and then just dilly-dallying in the field, like just going through the motions, not finishing. Yes, the keeper had some good saves to make, but we should have finished better. Parmeshwar, coming to you first, like, what did you feel? Do you think we should have killed off the game in the first half and then eased off in the second half? Like, give Sanchez more time to play, maybe 55th minute substitution and stuff like that? So, yeah, I mean, Gautam coming to the match straight away. I mean, uh, to begin with, I'll just like to say that, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, it was a bit frustrating. But I think since I would like to touch upon a few points about Genoa since we missed out on the preview. I mean, see, Genoa themselves were coming off an unbeaten run since they hired Davide Ballardini back. That's what he does. You know, this is his fourth spell at, spell at Genoa. Whenever they have a crisis, whenever they're in the relegation zone, they hire him, he saves them. <laughs> this is what he does. You know, he employs the 4-4-2. Uh, you know, they sit deep and they make things, uh, you know, things tough for every team. So, I was expecting a tough game in that sense. I know we scored like 32 seconds into the match. We'll come to that. But I think that was also partly down to the fact that, I don't know, I was very surprised when I saw Genoa's lineup. You know, they decided to bench key players like Miha Zaij, Davide Zapacosta, you know, Matea Destro, who's on a scoring form, barring his last two, three games. I was really surprised. And then I realized that, you know, they have the Derby de la Lanterna coming up against Sampdoria. So, you know, they rotated for that. But still, you know, the core philosophy of Ballardini is to, you know, have a low block, you know, compact shape. So, I always thought it was going to be difficult. And to your point, Gautam, yes, we did, should have, you know, finished off a few chances because, uh, you, uh, to, uh, uh, you know, Lotharo had a scissors kick, you know, the bicycle kick chance, you know, Darmian had a chance. So, yes, we could have finished it off, but, you know, games are, the, the, these, these are sort of matches where this happens, you know, these are those teams where we would have dropped points last season, those tricky teams, as you will, you know, like last season, you remember that, you know, Sassuolo ha- have been a bogey team in the past, but, you know, we, we used to, we dropped points to them last season, we used to drop points to Parma. And it, so these sort of things, you know, can still be frustrating, even if you grow as a team or even if you go into the match. But I think what matters the most for me is the result, because eventually, you know, in, in past seasons, it's evident we would have, you know, crumbled under pressure, you would have, we would have gotten frustrated, you know, at the, uh, what do you say, at, at missing all those ch- chances, right? But I, the way we kept our cool, you know, at the back, in midfield, you know, every match I watch as every game week passes, I, I you know, I, I have this worry in the back of my head, you know, Brozovic, Barella, please don't get booked, even Bastoni and Lukaku now, because all four are on four yellow cards. So, I'm like, you know, please don't get booked, please don't get booked. But they still don't pick up a yellow card. And I hope they don't against Parma too, because we have Atalanta after that. So, that's, you know, that's going to, if the, one of them does, it's going to be difficult. But, yeah, like, got them to your point, we had the chances. But, you know, these these are sort of win, you, you can't always have it your way. You can't always have, like, a free-flowing game. You know, you have to win, you have to grind some wins out. That's part of it. And once we got the second goal, got them, once Darmian scored that, I think things eased up, you know. Once Conte subbed Sanchez and you could see the dynamism he brings, you know, Conte himself said it in his press conference yesterday that, you know, Alexis is, is in like probably one of the best shape, like is in, is in is one of the best phases of his career, right? Like you could see the link-up players offering, you know, one-touch flicks and everything and he got himself a goal thanks to his positioning. So I think 
even with the substitutions he didn't go wrong we needed it ericsson once again you know what a what a performance i mean like he did he did well he did a pretty decent job could have scored maybe like one shot if he placed his shots better but overall i can understand where you're coming from i but i think these are the these are the sort of victories that or these are the sort of matches that really test you you need to you know take take it that one notch further to you know prove that you are actually you know gunning for the scudetto in a way right you need to keep going till the end you need to play dirty and you have to show that winning mentality yeah yeah manish coming to you like like uh, parmeshwar said like genoa didn't play their strong 11 because they are playing against sampdoria next and they wanted the players to be fresh which means that they kind of played their b team against us and from our previous seasons like that's where i come from wherein like as parmeshwar said uh, just to point it out again that in previous seasons you would have drew this match or lost this match because we didn't have that mental strength or the character to like pull it through but now with conte we are grinding out the results and stuff like that but back of my mind i'm still like oh we are going to draw this or we are going to lose this because it's been happening like seasons and seasons over and over again like how did you feel like do you feel like you are satisfied with the performance or do you feel like we eased off a bit when we shouldn't have and then at the last moment we just came through yes uh, so gotham uh, like you said important point was their biggest match of the season is the next game they're playing against sampdoria for them is the local derby that for them is the biggest point so for yes against inter pretty much they used the b team uh, a lot of i think around six players were rested for this match against inter so that itself said a big thing uh, and and we should not let rest on our laurels because i think conti said in the pre match that this match will be challenging because if you go by the media if you listen to the praises and stuff i think it will be carried away so i'm glad conti kept the team focused didn't care it's a b team c team or just go on do what we do best and if you check the possession uh, i think overall it, we had like around 51% possession which is not a much it didn't dictate the actual story but if you check the right facts like we had 24 shots out of which 12 are on target as compared to genoa's two shots on target so yes it was a pretty comfortable match but the way we started i think that's where we took a step off the accelerator uh, i think lukaku within 30 seconds scored i think hardly uh, we have scored such early goals it's it's really unusual for us inter fans as well like right away scoring but saying that lukaku has been dragging this team forward i said it in my last uh, pod that uh, lukaku for me is one of the best he's playing his form of his life he's the one dragging this team forward and if i think more or less all three goals uh, he had a hand indirectly the second one he passed uh, to darmian and the third one he shot uh, the keeper's shot and went to alexis sanchez for a header so yes this match although after the first goal there was big big massive gap and second half also we started a bit slow but saying that uh, we were always under control we didn't give them to shoot easily they didn't have much shots on target pretty much our defense is so reliable uh, and then which didn't make any of the stops i think we, we inter fans got a little tensed when pandev came on and second off that was the only tense point just seeing him entering the pitch that itself like we thought okay this might not be a day because uh, we are not finishing off our chances but overall a very comfortable match we had nine corners to our credit 
And yes, very good match. Uh, like I said, Lukaku for me played really well. He's carrying the stream forward. That's also worrying me because we are too reliant on Lukaku, I feel. Uh, also, it was refreshing to see Eriksen. He started off in the left, in between he went to the right. And I think last he finishes the game off in the centre, playing a register role. And uh, I think the first time we have seen Eriksen play the whole 90 minutes. So that was a good refreshing treat. So pretty much it was guaranteed sub uh, Ericsson for Vidal in the 68th minute. That didn't happen. So, and uh, I saw like Ericsson involved in a lot of things. And when he played the defensive midfielder role, I saw him give a couple of long balls, that couple of good passes he had given to Sanchez and which started off the counter-attack. So I think Conti can use him in that position also, which I, we, I think we all said earlier, like we should try him in the register role. But overall, uh, got them a good performance, good three points. And like I said, there's never an easy match in Italian league. We should play till the final whistle. Uh, but it was convincingly we won. And the end result, although it says 3-0, we had a big gap till the second goal came. But overall, a good performance by Inter. Yeah, and uh, just sticking with you itself, Manish, like you said, like it doesn't matter if the teams we play against play their B team or C team. But is that a psychological boost for us now? Because when you see Genoa, like usually they don't do this. Even though they have a derby coming up, if they know that they can take points off a team, they'll play their strong 11. But looks like before the match itself, they're like, oh, Inter are too strong. Looks like they're going to beat us anyway, so let's rest our top players and give others a chance. So do you think if this is the mentality that Conte and the team has built up now that the rest of the teams in the league, they look at us and like, okay, we might, like Lukaku and Lauter are like, just scoring for fun. So they are looking at us and like, okay, these guys will probably score three or four goals against us. Let's not play our best players, let's play our B team. And if that's the mentality, do you think that's a great psychological boost for us as well? Because you see the play team sheet before the match and you see like, oh, the opposition coach has practically half given up with the squad selection. Do you think that helps us as well, in a way? Yes, definitely. I think over the years, uh, this is the strongest team we have. And it's not just, uh, okay, Lukaku being a main threat, yes, but Lukaku draws a lot of defenders towards him and Lautaro has left it acres of space. Then we have Hakimi, then we have Perisic. So threat comes from all direction. And this is a really strong focal point for us, like for attack and Inter in the league has this most scored team, most amount of goals scored and second best defense. So yes, coaches, you know what? If they have any important matches coming up, definitely they think like Inter, this match is more or less lost, which again is a good thing for us because uh, it's good if other team fears us. Yeah, that, that's really good because we want that because all these years Inter has lost the cutting edge of killing off matches and, you know, the the fear like Mourinho's team, it had like in 2009, 2010, which team used to play, everyone is scared to play against Inter. And I'm glad Conti has brought that back. And I think right now, we are the most feared team to play against and teams respect us in that way, which is really good. But saying that, we should not take it for granted. Uh, like you said, Conti should, Conti is motivating. And the best part of what I liked about Conti is, even though we are 1-0, we're leading, and we're controlling the match. He still was screaming in the touchline, going for every ball, trying to charge up. Uh, that that's really good. good thing about coach because if you see some coaches like Claudio Ranieri or Pirlo and stuff, pretty much quiet, sitting in the bench. But Conti's not that. He actually 
plays the game mentally. Each and every tackle, he's like, go for it, go for that. So that that's a very good thing. I think last time we had like this step uh, crazy coaches when we had Mourinho. After that, pretty much all the coaches are a little calm and relaxed. So you know, each and every player, each and every ball is. We give a lot of focus to win it, to go for the 50-50, don't leave off any spaces. I'm, I'm really happy. And this is pure Conti's uh, merit. I give a lot of merit to Conti for this. Yeah, Parmeshwar, the same thing to you as well. Like, Conte has brought this mentality you now. And previous seasons, we have seen teams do that against Juventus. And we get so frustrated, like, to play your best team against Juventus. And they don't, because they know that Juventus is going to beat them. And, now it's happening to us and it feels great that the teams don't play their best level if they have a big match coming up, already giving up saying that, okay, Inter might beat them. So what are your views? Like, it's a boon for us, right? If all teams from now on do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it just goes to show how much progress we have made as a team. And I mean, it's, it's evident now because Conte as a coach has made a huge difference to the team. You know, the players are... Mentally strong. He said in his uh, press conference yesterday that like Lukaku has grown mentally and many other players have. It's not only him. And uh, you can see that like the rotation itself shows it. And like they, the, the other teams basically pretty much know that even if they probably feel their best 11, they'll probably lose like, you know, 2-0, 3-0. I'm not trying to sound like, you know, overconfident and arrogant, but they, that's probably what they think. And, you know, if, if their best team loses by that margin, it's a, it's a, you know, it's not, it doesn't help their morale going into the next game or for the rest of the season. So, might as well rest the, you know, main players, you know, chop and change and give others a chance. But, yeah, I mean, the thing is, this is what Juventus was like a few years ago. Teams would, as you said, teams would, you know, rest their players. But this is what, that, that's why people say, you know, Inter have closed the gap to Juventus. Inter are almost on the level or even, I wouldn't say in ahead of Juventus, but probably at the same level. We have beaten them, we've drawn them, we've lost to them this season once. But that was mainly down to our silly errors. We could have avoided that and even beaten them. You know, all those three games, we were probably the better team in all phases. So, yeah, I mean, it, it it's it's a sign of uh, things, uh, you know, it, it shows the change that is happening in the league that, you know, Inter have really stepped up. And yeah, I mean, it's good to see in a way because now you know that your best players, you know, or probably your entire team is, you know, making other teams think, you know, as to what they need to do. Because, you know, even if our tactical approach is pretty much similar in terms of our formation and even our 11, you know, there are the entire team causes, not I won't say fear, but, you know, they know, other teams know the quality of this team. Like you see Lukaku now. What, what is left to say now? Yesterday, he, I think, scored his 24th goal in 31 games in all competitions, you know. Then he's scoring he literally in 32 seconds, you know. You see this, this, this the goal he scored, we all saw it running at the defence. He did it against Lazio to assist Lotharo. He did it against Milan. and now he's doing it against Genoa. You know, when he, you know, you see his physique, you see his body orientation. He's a beast, you know. Peep. Defenders have to think twice when he runs at you. And, he, and uh, he didn't do it only once yesterday, the first goal. Apart from that, he also had another similar run wherein Perrin, you know, he, he was making good saves to his credit. So, he saved that shot. Otherwise, he could have probably scored a similar goal again in that match. So, people do fear that, I guess. Sorry, I mean, teams do fear that. And Lotharo, you know, is slowly growing. You know, you can see he is also a bit more confident than, you know, there, there's just so many elements, you know. So, I think teams have started to understand now that, you know, Inter on a whole are very solid, but that doesn't mean, of course, 
you know, to that point once, because Conte knows this, Conte has said it in his press conferences, uh, a multiple, like multi, on multiple occasions that, you know, he knows that teams know that Inter are good. You know, he, he keeps on saying that other teams know how good we are, but he, he's someone who never gets complacent. You know, he said that when we prepare for Parma, we are going to show them respect and we're not going to field a week 11, right? I know we have, as I said, four players on four yellow cards, but he's still probably going to keep the same 11, right? So, so that is what it is. Like, you know, even if we are going down this path, even when we have, like, you know, showed other teams that, you know, we are a team to, let's say, fear or, you know, we are we should not be taken lightly. At the same time, it's us who should not get com- complacent and, you know, overconfident, you know, because as we all know now, the gap between us and AC Milan is only four points. And then Juventus are Juventus. They can always claw back and they have a game in hand, which they'll play on the 17th of March against Napoli. So we can't, more than any, more than being worried about other teams, I would rather say that we should not be the ones getting complacent. You know, like Lukaku said in his um, interview yesterday, he was asked, "Are you, uh, you know, are you are you trying to win the Cup of year? You know, with are you battling for that with Ronaldo?" He said, "All I care about is Inter, not my individual accolades." He said he would like to have it, but his priority is Inter, and that's what it should be. As Darmian also said, you know, everyone at this team feels important. Like you know, even if they're not playing. You know, if they, even if they're playing less and they understand the fact that, you know, that we are only in one competition and some people, the players will have to make sacrifices to reach the ultimate goal, which is the Scudetto, right? That's what Conte said. He's, he also said that he appreciates the fact that, you know, players who are on the bench, who come off the bench or who, do, who, some, who don't even come off the bench these days, you know, he, he, he appreciates, you know, the mentality, you know, he complete, like, he knows they understand the fact that the one and only goal right now is the Scudetto. And, he, he did touch up on this that, you know, once we got eliminated from the Champions League, they were there was a bit of bitterness. Of course, the way we got eliminated, it hurt us all, I guess. So, the, the now the focus is like, you know, there. Like, you know, they have to redeem themselves. So, in a way, yeah, I mean, it's good to see that um, teams do, you know, make these changes thinking that, you know, yes, Inter are so tough. But my priority is we can't afford to get complacent, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like, like Conte said as well that, the squad is united. Like, even though you're playing, you're not playing. Like, people tend to forget that in training, it's not 11 people training. It's the entire squad training. So, everyone is useful. I mean, when Burnley was there, like, even though he didn't play a single minute, he's still a legend among the fans. So, it's it's what they contribute during training as well that counts. So, even though they don't play, they know that what they do in training counts towards the 11 that play. And next up is Parma. And they are second from bottom. Parmesh was sticking with you, like, even though Conte might say that he'll play a strong level, I, I have a sneaky feeling that Lukaku will be rested and mm-hmm. Sanchez will start with Lautaro. Like, how do you think the game plan should be against Parma? Because they are struggling, but they recently drew against Udinese 2-2. So, it's not like they are not scoring goals. They are scoring goals. So how do you think like we should approach this? If we are, can we approach it the same way like we did against Genoa? Wherein like, I mean, I was thinking after 70 minutes, Genoa is gonna shift gears and we'll be in trouble. Turned out like we shifted gears and we like scored two goals and then it was rested. So how do you think against Parma it should be like? Should we kill it off in the first half or like score early if we can or then push them at the 70th minute? Mm-hmm. So, so the thing with Parma, I just, you know, just to give a better background of Parma, you know, 
what baffled me about Parma is that last season they finished 11th. They still sacked their coach Roberto Davarsa, and that was very surprising. They hired ex Lecce coach, you know, who got relegated with Lecce, Fabio Leverani, and I was very confused. I said, what are these guys trying to do? And their recruitment was really off the mark. They signed too many young players in the summer, you know, and when you sign too many young players, you tend to get inexperienced, and that showed, you know. In January, then they tried to helter skelter. They brought, brought divers up back. I guess that's the thing with Italian teams. You know, you sack the coach initially, then you bring them back to save your season. And then they signed experienced players like, you know, Graziano Pella, um, you know, loaned Joshua Zergze from Bayern Munich. You know, that, you know, these are like with Parma, what I'm expecting is. We should win, but then, you know, since they've returned to the Serie A, they've been like one of our bogey teams, at least in the home games, if you notice, you know, because they, they beat us once in their initial season, once they returned, you know, that DiMarco goal, that long ranger, then, you know, last season we drew, this season we drew, you know, we and we could have probably won the first leg because uh, Maresca, you know, uh, uh, you know, he didn't give us a penalty when Perisic was fouled in the box in the end, but that's that, but yeah, I mean, the away games we have won, we have, but it's always been close. You know, the first one was 1-0 upon their return to Serie A. Then last season, we won 2-1 after struggling. We were very lucky to win that game last season. And this season, I'm assuming a close game. And yes, they are going to have a lot of absentees going into the match. You know, Cornelius, who was one their top scorer last season, who's been way off the mark this season, he scored, scored only one goal. He's absent. Our main fear, Jervinho, who scored a brace against us, he's going to be absent most likely. You know, Graziano Pelle won't be available, Zergze won't, and then comes Jan Karamo. We all remember him. He's been starting, and you know, ex players, of course, the narrative is that they score against us. So we need to keep an eye out for him. But generally speaking, Gautam Parma have been really poor this season. You know, as you said, the second last conceded 47 goals, man. Like, that's too much. That's the second most in the league. The highest is, of course, Krotone with 57 and only scored 19 goals. And with the way our defense is going, Gautam, at this moment, we can't afford to concede to Parma at this point because let's remember after Parma we've got Atalanta, okay? So you know then you know teams like Atalanta start feeling confident if teams like us concede to someone like Parma. And this is no this is no disrespect to Parma, but you know we can't afford it at this point where where there are like you know less where there's less than half a season left, right? We can't afford these minor minor niggles and uh, minor slip ups. And as you said, Gautam, I remember earlier you and you've said this multiple times that. Whenever we win, whenever we are like on a seven-game unbeaten run, we tend to drop points in the eighth one and all. But I think these are things that end up changing because then, you know, we had Torino as a bogey team that changed. We had Genoa as our bogey team that changed. So these things change. Now, if what my perspective is, if Milan can go on like a you know such a long unbeaten run, you know, twenty plus games or something in all competitions. Why can't we? We need to, you know, these are mental blocks you need to eliminate at this point, right? There's no room for that because there's only 14 games left. And I know 14 games is long, but then it's it's like if you drop points in one match, it's pretty much, you know, it becomes so tight all of a sudden. So with Parma, yeah, sticking to that, you know, it's, it's I'm not saying it's going to be like an easy game because like, you know, they have something to fight for, you know, they have to claw out of the relegation zone and Diversa still can do a job. It's, it's, it's just unlucky with him that he has to take on a team that is battling relegation, unfortunately for him. And they will do everything. They are a tricky team. You know, Jan, Karam, Jan Karamo can cause us problems. There are a few players who can. So, I'm not going to take them lightly, but we, we, we can't afford to drop points here. I mean, 
you know if it was a tough game i would still be cautious like if it was a big team i mean to say i would still be more cautious about my evaluation of them but now nah, man this is not a game we can't and conte said this right gotham like before uh, after the sorry after the milan derby he said this that even if the milan derby is the milan derby and that is a test the actual like another big test in the in this case is the matches against genoa and parma because again coming to my old point that we do trend tend to in past years drop points against these smaller teams so these are the mental tests you can't afford to get complacent so genoa are done now you know we proved that we can beat genoa now we have to keep this going against parma and you know for the rest of the season yeah yeah manish coming to you like as uh, parmeshwar said they have a weakened squad most of the players are injured and uh, now they have considered 47 goals and we are scoring for fun So do you think like we should go with a strong 11 and give a strong performance in the first half maybe 3-0 4-0 up and then pull out uh, anyone like Lukaku Lautaro everyone give youngsters a chance so do you think this is a perfect game for rotation and play like a not a weakened team but give someone like Ranocchia a chance give Sanchez a starting chance give Vidal a chance to start again or uh, maybe Sensi before he gets injured in the 10th minute again like do you think this is the way to go no uh gotham like uh, conti said uh, we have 14 finals left he never said 14 matches he said from now on it's 14 finals so that shows the mentality of conti what exactly he wants from the team uh it's clearly evident that he's going to put the strongest 11 and i'm not i don't think for a minute he's going to rest lukaku because we don't have any champions league commitments we don't have any cup matches coming up so you know rest place for what now we have 14 matches yes uh, if you are 2 or 3 nil up in the first half and then second half in the 60th minute we might give a break but other than that i don't see any other way conti is going to stick to a strong 11 uh, also if you saw the match uh, with uh, genoa uh, we missed hakimi and it started slow although darmian did a wonderful job he scored a goal but uh, like last week i brought a point like it does like a, now the formation is perfect he found his perfect 11 he won't jeopardize that now it's like after so long you know like with a lot of trial and errors put erickson up front put erickson up back put erickson all over the place perisic pretty much started as a striker then he moved as the uh, midfielder uh, to the left back and you know pretty much each and every uh, role he has tried so right now conti has finally got all the pieces of his puzzle and now i don't think he's going to change anything for next 14 matches on about for next 14 finals like he called it is pretty much he's going to use the strongest 11 and yes like uh, uh, and like you mentioned that permissions mentioned that uh, 19 goals scored by them this season for them also you know what it's survival now see parma parma is a strong team nobody expects it to get relegated so for them also they'll give their all we should not take it lightly because the teams battling relegation are apparently the most toughest matches to face so so we must never take it for granted over the bottom of the table or second from the bottom but we must put a strongest strongest 11 and i repeat that because uh, it's like we don't have any, any other commitments right now we don't have a champions league match coming up we don't have a knockout stage where we need players to be uh adequately rest it's rested it's pretty much one match a week i think pretty other than this uh we have two matches in this week pretty much from now on there's going to be one match a week so gotham to the point we have to use the strongest 11 and i'm happy conti is doing it that way yeah and looks like 
everything on the pitch is going really well, but off the pitch now news again that uh, Sunning has sold their Chinese team Jiangsu FC, and most of their like the women's team, the youth team, everything is shut. So, and uh, Parmesh, coming to you regarding like now this is an official news. This from the source itself saying that okay they are shut and Inter is the only thing. So do you think like now since there there was no news on Inter thing, do you think they'll be more concentrated towards Inter? Like use the money from that and money that's saved from running those teams. Because to be honest, like if you take any you take ISL, you take Chinese Super League, the teams don't make money. It's a losing venture. You lose millions every year. But Inter is actually one of the most, they can turn a profit once the players are sold and once the Spalletti thing is done and maybe, yeah, get uh, youth teams in. I mean, Inter is not a loss-making project in the long run for them. So do you think the sale of the other teams will help them concentrate more on Inter? Or do you think, okay, that's phase one, phase two is sell Inter? Yeah, I mean, uh, interesting point you brought up there, Gautam. See, the thing with um, Jiangsu FC, since they had to rename Jiang, Jiangsu Suning to Jiangsu FC, the thing is, they, they we all know the Chinese government, you know, has said that, you know, no, like sports is technically not deemed as a strategic operation. So they had to shut um, that down because anyways, the government had direct control. But with Inter, the thing is that, Suning's retail business does does benefit because it's a direct you know connection to Europe in a way. So that way, yes, and they did sell 23.5% of their website shares to the to to the government. So they have raised about a billion from that. I'm assuming it goes to helping Inter in a way. I'm not sure how because of course we know there are financial commitments to be made, wages, um, unpaid wages, the Hakimi fee, you know. We we we've broken down Lukaku's payment over you know his five-year contract until 2024. So that so there, there there's loads of payments to be made. So that's up to Suning. And yes, it is a worrying piece of news that you know Jiangsu had to dissolve in such a way. You know because they won the Chinese Super League last season and they were set to play in the Asian Champions League. And then this is what happens. You know their fans get a bomb. You know it's a sad moment for them. You know, you need to think of that as well. You know, like you, you're so excited about playing such an important competition, and your, uh, and your this thing, your club has shut down altogether. What do you do? So, if with Inter, I won't say it's not a worrying thing, Gautam. It is because you never know what is going to happen. Like today, Eder, you remember Eder, of course, ex Inter player, you know, won the CSL with GM to Suning now. You know, he's come out and he's called Suning liars. He's said a lot of things out publicly. You know, there are a bunch of liars. Um. He's called. He's, he's pretty much. He's gone in hard. I don't remember all the words, but liar was one word he used constantly. You know, he talk, spoke of how they didn't pay salaries on time and everything. So that is one thing to worry about. The fact that you know Suning keep on saying, you know, we are committed everything, everything. But are they like so far? Yes, so far they've shown. You know, they've paid the deferred salaries up until a certain point. But the main test now, in my opinion, from my knowledge, would be will they pay the first Hakimi installment on March 31st or March 30th? Sorry. Um, so will they do that, you know, or will they just sell the club before that? So Suning, you know, but with Inter, as you said, Gautam, they can't just leave Inter in in the in you know in the air, like because Inter is a bigger. No disrespect to Jiangsu, but Inter is a bigger club, you know. If they do that with Inter, many people will call for their heads, you know. They 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 won't leave them, you know. There's going to be too much backlash for Suning if they do that to Inter. So 
it is a worrying situation in my opinion yes i won't say you know the jiang you know suning is not she suning is going to do the best for us but with so many commitments to be made i don't think they leave the club hanging like that you know and everyone has said you know today the uh, pirelli's i think one of um, higher ups said that one of the higher ups said that suning are trying to hold on but they're also assessing options and they are trying to do the best for the club we so i am optimistic in a way but not too optimistic because after because of what happened with jiangsu fc it is a worrying sign but to be frank what can we do like it's just we wait and we see how things play out now it is just what we can do and many sources many credible just to cap off my um, thoughts on it many credible sources are saying is that march is going to be the key month where it the ownership could change and so some major development will happen regarding the ownership and we all know the talks with bc partners are constant ongoing it never ended like many sources suggested so it is ongoing it's there and i think the sale of those one you know those um, website shares i think gives suning a better bargaining chip to get what they want from bc partners so yeah i think i hope at least uh, nothing against suning i love what they did but i think this, it's the time with suning is up now i think they need to move on we need to move on from suning and they will be missed but i think the conditions right now just unfeasible to continue with them yeah yeah uh, manish uh, here's a thought that just came to my head which is bad for us if it happens so let's say suning can't pay everything everyone on time and there is still outstanding things like they can't pay hakim missing they don't pay salaries and stuff do you think the league might dock us points and do you think this season will have a bad any after everything we have done on the pitch this is the way we might not win a title no gotham that i think probably we can ignore that for time being although yes uh, salaries are not just due by inter i think overall the league because uh, i think the major the tv revenue hasn't come in the tv rights that that is massive amount so it's not just inter struggling with the salaries i think a lot more clubs are definitely struggling with it so yes uh, like you know the foreign leagues always it comes and goes so i'm not actually very surprised to parmesh's point like oh what happened all of a sudden chinese super league just started like a couple of years ago and all of a sudden like it was jiangsu suning fc which they wanted a marketing tool which later on the chinese government told to remove the name suning out of the club so it was jiangsu fc so a lot of things which they thought as a good investment didn't pan out to be a good investment for them and so that's one reason and also i think a couple of years back we seen the russian league was very attractive and a lot of players went there including our famous samuelito went and joined there well, it, again it it was good for two years two colorful years and then again the league collapsed so pretty much i consider chinese league to be in that same stature so it's, it's just all of a sudden with new policies keep coming and going that changes happen so we should not be much worried I, what i believe but yes regarding inter's financial conditions i think yes like i said not just inter lot more clubs are suffering so hopefully uh, we get a more clear picture this month march uh, with bc partners are they willing to invest or not uh, but from the sources what we've read so far they're definitely looking into it also sources that finance that left inter to join uh, uh, bc partners and give a more clear picture of how to take over so yes uh, gautam i don't think we should be that extend worried we'll do like we cannot control this thing at the end of the day it's something not uh, in our hands we what we can control is definitely the results and putting the strongest performance that's in our hands so uh, we should not be much more worried thinking about the future what is going to happen now after one week 
But I'm sure, yes, we have experienced directors by our side. We have people like Marota, who is the best in the business and uh, definitely can work out something. Uh, so that that we can rule out right now, if you ask me. So yeah, Manish, yeah, like you said, uh, things which are not under our control, we can't like debate about it because there's nothing we can do. We have to just wait and see what happens with the owners and stuff like that. But coming back to the win against Genoa, let's do some player ratings. With you, Parmesh, first, Handanovic, how much would you rate him? <laughs> I mean, this, this this was one of those games where Handanovic didn't really have to do anything if I'm not wrong, right? Like, what was there to say? Maybe one like long-range cross that came in, you know, inaccurate cross. And I think there was a bit of a worrying moment, Gotham, in the match. But I think Hainanovic, apart from that, didn't have much to do, you know, like a bit yeah. of yeah. build-up play and anything. So, I guess based on that, I'll give him like a standard six because I don't know what else to say. Like, it was just an all, like, you know, it was just a comfortable day for him and it's good to see. So, yeah, six, I guess. Yeah, Manish, like, what's your rating for Hainanovic? Uh, like Parmesh pointed out, actually, one thing is he spilled the ball on Screenier. That was, oh, yeah. uh, I think, that was a very uh, scary moment for all but, Inter fans because but, but if he you, collided. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, just to interrupt, I think the thing was, I think Screenier was pushed by one of their players. So, that's when Handanovic ended up spilling the ball. But uh, nonetheless, the referee didn't give a foul. If they had scored yeah, yeah. it, that would be definitely a goal. Yeah, so, exactly. So, uh, Handanovic was unchallenged by the opposing team player. He just spilled it and, and spilled it in a very like uh, crazy area. So, like other than that, he was a spectator. So, he didn't have much shots to do. So, I'm not going to be too critical. I'll give a standard yeah. six, uh, like Parameshwar said. What's yours, Gautam? Yeah, same thing. Like, if we hadn't spilled <laughs> that shot, then... We wouldn't even need him at goal, I guess. I mean, there was nothing. One long shot and then one spillage. So, I might actually, just for that spill, I might give him a five. Like, if he had <laughs> held on to the ball, maybe six or seven. But just for that, because it was a tense moment. Even though he saved the shot after that. Even though it was shot directly at him. But still, because there was one lapse of concentration... Even though, yeah, as permission said, Skriniar was pushed and he hit Handanovic. But for me, I think he should have helped because he had the ball firmly in his grasp. It wasn't like he was 50-50. So, even after holding it, he spilled it. So, I would give him a five. So, Manish, to you now, uh, Skriniar. Skriniar, I think he had a good game. Uh, he was commanding, he had distribution level. And Skriniar, I think, for me, he's the best of the back three. He's the way he has picked up his form, nothing sort of impressive. So, I would give Skriniar uh, 8 for this match. Yeah. Parmeshwar, like, your rating for Skriniar? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, Skriniar was the most solid of the lot. I mean, there's no denying that. And you can clearly see the difference this season. He's back to probably being the best defender we have in, now. Of course, I mean, not that Devra has been bad, but, you know, Skriniar has just taken himself to another level. So, I would give him like an 8. Yeah, yes, Skriniar an 8. Yeah, pretty solid performance, you know. Won all the duels, nothing to worry about. As I said, there was a moment where Genoa were putting in a few crosses. I think Skriniar cleared those pretty well. So, yeah, 8. Yeah, same with me as well. 8, kept a clean sheet and yeah, not much pressure. Did his job. So, yeah, 8 for him. Divrai. Ibrahim, I would say 7.5. Uh, 
like I mentioned, the reason is uh, Screener has been the best from back three, but uh, no notable mistakes. De Vrij has been reliable as ever. And all three, and I would give Bastoni the same 7.5 uh, rating for me. Yeah, uh, permission for you, De Vrij yeah, and Bastoni. Yeah. yeah, so with De Vrij and Bastoni, I think from what I recall, I think just going purely by the stats, De Vrij had more recoveries to make in uh, against Genoa in general. And he also, I think, won an additional aerial duel. So I'm not just going to give him more, but I think he's on par with Skriniar in that sense. Solely looking at the Genoa match, 8 on 10. And with Bastoni also, I think yet another pretty solid game by his standards. He also had like four or five recoveries again. So, these are important things in my opinion. So, I, because the backline was so well coordinated, I'll, I'll give them like a you know similar rating. So, 8 for Bastoni as well. Yeah, I think I'll go with Parmeshwar and yeah, same thing. I'll give both of them an 8 because yeah. the three of them were a unit and they exactly. performed really well. And Clean sheet is a clean sheet. So, yeah. there was no danger moments. So, and there was no screw-ups. So, that's a yeah. plus. So, I would give them an 8. Darmian, yeah. like, for me personally, I would give him a 6. I mean, even though he scored a goal and stuff like that, I was not at all happy with his uh, first half performance. Wherein, like, your decision-making is crucial, especially in these games. And there was moments wherein he went for goal instead of passing back to Lukaku. I think it was Lautaro. Yeah, Lautaro was free and he could have passed it back to him. But he went for goal and it was saved. But yeah, even the goal, it was uh, he was there, right place at the right time. But it was all uh, Lukaku's doing, who gave him the ball. And I think he could have done better. And maybe because in my mind, I'm comparing his performance to what Hakimi would have done. Which is a bit unfair, I know, but... I would give him a six. Manish? I would give uh, Darmian a 7.5 rating. Why? For the fact is, whenever we call him, he's reliable. Definitely doesn't have any fancy moves or such a skill to beat the man. But he's definitely reliable. Defensive side of the game, he was quite good. He has a couple of mistakes were there. And like I said previously, Inter are like a well... Uh, the 11 is perfectly chosen from each and every player. So any player goes missing, you might find that difference, uh, uh, the replacing guy bringing slight difference. So Darmian obviously didn't have the same impact as Hakimi. But yes, none, nonetheless, uh, when called upon, was reliable and definitely a much reliable option than Ashley Young. He scored a goal, I think, for first time in a very long time. So I give credit to the lad. And he also scored in Champions League for us. So for that, I would give a 7.5 rating. Yeah, for my sure. Yeah, so I... I'm more inclined towards Manish's thoughts than yours, Gautam, because I feel, yeah, I understand Darmian made a few, I mean, he could have made better passes, but what I also noted about, noticed, sorry, noticed about Darmian higher in that, uh, higher up the pitch was that, you know, he was shielding the ball well in a few occasions to, you know, um, hold on to the ball and to get others into play. And also, there was a moment where he just ran into the box with a great speed to actually try and win the ball back. Apart from that, defensively, he was sound. And you can't, as to your point, Gautami, we can't expect him to do flashy things like Hakimi does because they're different players. Hakimi relies on pace and more running into the space. And Darmian is someone who's, who's solid defensively. You since back his priority is defending, right? He's a defensive win, wing back, if you will. So, with all that in mind, and I think to Manish's point, he's been very good whenever called upon. He's never really had a bad game. Um, so, I consider all of that and I think he was pretty good. So, I'll give him a 7.5 as well. 
just quickly to come to the other wing back perisic i think he also was pretty decent yesterday uh, he had seven recoveries which is pretty impressive considering we all know that it's not his position his role so i would give perisic um a seven yeah what about you guys uh perisic i think i would give him an eight because like you said it's not his favorite position he's growing into the role and he's being instrumental like he's not he's not the weak point anymore like he does his stuff and like he's he's a threat in attack as well you know yesterday like he dribbled into the box yeah he the, the defenders covered him but he did his job and he was a constant threat in attack and like you said he recovered the balls as well so he was doing his job defensively too so i would give him an eight uh manish i would give perisic a 7 rating uh one because he didn't directly contribute any assist if, or goal if he done that definitely his rating would be higher but he is very reliable and uh, i think from now on to next 14 matches that is like out of the question perisic rules the left flank so it, and his work rate is amazing so he didn't do anything like like he had a couple of recoveries yes like permit me pointed out but he didn't do something out of the blue where he assisted or scored so for that only that reason 7 a respectable 7 score yeah uh, manish sticking with you for this uh, maybe a future captain barella barella i would say 7.5 uh, he played really well uh, the first half he i think one of the shot hit the post and pretty much controlled uh, the midfield and i love the link up play with he and lukaku lukaku holds up the ball and each time barella gets the ball you can see the eagerness he asks for the ball every time so that is uh, which is very nice to see and for that i would give 7.5 rating to barella and well deserved rest i think for all this match has been running so i'm glad he took him off uh, in the 60th minute so well deserved rest yeah i mean i think i would give him an 8 because uh, the first goal he was instrumental he gave the ball to lautaro then lukaku so i would i would give him an 8 parmeshwar yeah so i guess i'm just going to go for the entire midfield because for me i'll give my reasoning but i think all three of them deserve an eight in a different way in like i mean the rating remains the same but for each for the roles they maintained with barella as manish said you know one of his shots hit the crossbar he was again yet again doing the work of the ball everything and he also he also created the most chances i think seven chances in the match so that's for barella for brozovic it was a pretty um solid game you know he didn't one thing i noticed with brozovic is that you know usually it's him who does most of the recoveries on the ground you know him sliding in making those precise crunch tackles sliding tackles winning the ball but yesterday he was doing more of it aerially uh, you know we won more aerial duel so in that sense i would give him an 8 and with eriksen very surprising to know he had 13 recoveries on the ground at the same time and you could see the composure with eriksen on the pitch you know You you can finally see he's managing energies well. You know he's understanding the defensive phase of the game. So I think all three of them contributed in their own way and in different phases, which complemented each other. Like we said about the defense. So I think a solid eight for all three. Yeah. Now uh, Manish, uh, what about uh, Brozovic and uh, Eriksen for you? So I give Barella a seven, seven, uh, and uh, I would give no, I give seven point five. I believe. Seven point five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, uh, for Eriksen and Brozovic, I would give a rating seven. Uh, I think Barella was out from the three. I think he played really well. Eriksen, yes, he did his job well. Nothing fancy, but I loved the role when Eriksen played in the center of the park when he played the register. From there, he gave a couple of long passes. So that is something which impressed me. 
uh generally in the midfield like i said it was uh, not a very tough challenging match we had control of the match so so yes i would give both of them a rating of 7 yeah uh, so erickson i would give an 8 because he's building into a role and did his job well brozovic i would give 7.5 mainly because first half he was not fully there he was too complacent and i mean that's the problem with him like every other game either he's there 100% or he he gets into the game slowly maybe in the second half or something i mean he was instrumental in the second half but in the first half he was a bit sloppy maybe he was just still in that off mode so i would give him a 7.5 and now for the strikers manish you first uh, lukaku and uh, martinez i would give lukaku a straight 10 because uh, this guy has been carrying the team forward and uh, I think all three goals are like I mentioned uh, indirectly is involved. The first one was amazing like he took on within 30 seconds and that hunger and that and, and he confused the opponent while normally he takes the ball to the left side and then shoots this time he took to the right and he gave a very good shot uh, and he constantly took on players it's not like he scored one goal and rested on it he constantly like Parmesh pointed out uh, last week we saw in the Milan derby taking on Roman Mioli but now again constantly took on one two three times he took on the defender and gave shots wherever possible he had a complete match and he is carrying the team forward so for me lukaku undisputedly number 10 rating he gets the best man of the match for me and uh, martinez and martinez i would give him a rating of 7.5 or 8 i would say because he's again off the ball movements his pressing constantly was really good uh, as uh, they complement each other well So Lukaku, the best part is whenever Lukaku has the ball, he draws defenders towards him, and Luke Martinez left with acres of space. And Martinez, to his credit, has been improving a lot, and also he covered a lot of area, closing down opposition and stuff. Yeah. So for Lukaku, I would give nine because he missed one chance where I think Perrin saved, but he should have buried the chance. Lukaku should have buried the chance, but apart from that, like you said, like he was instrumental in all three goals which we scored. So. I would give him a nine, and yeah, man of the match for me as well. And uh, Martinez, I would give eight point five because yeah, he did his job as well. Like the pressing was, he kept on pressing. He made the the opposition tired, and then Sanchez came and finished them off. So yeah, so I would give eight point five to Sanchez and nine to Lukaku and man of the match. Parmeshwar. Yeah, so I'll I guess. Yeah, I mean, with the with Lukaku, it's a straight ten for me as well because he was involved in all three goals. I mean, the first goal came in thirty-two seconds. You know, that's the fastest inter goal inter goal in Serie A since Opta have been collecting stats in two thousand four five season. So thirty-two seconds and the same type of goal almost. You know, that beastly forward run. So it has to be a ten for Lukaku and my man of the match as well. With Lautaro Martinez, I mean, I agree with both of you. His pressing. understanding of how to move when to move where to move is improving day by day you know it's not unnecessary movements it's closing the right space at the right time and i remember he he won up, he actually made a few recoveries like he cut down a lot of passes you know he won a few duels and there was this also a fancy moment where he you know did a roulette and passed it to i think darmian when darmian was cutting in so you know you can see the confidence so with lotaro i think i'll give him an 8 Yeah, and uh, coming to subs, I think the actual difference maker, in my opinion, you can't really. I don't think there was any basis to give Galliardini any rating or anyone else a rating apart from Alexis, because Alexis, of course, scored, and you could see 
the very reason i never wanted alexis jeko till to happen is because of the dynamism alexis brings to the system you know even at that point even when you are 2-0 up this guy was dragging defenders out of position you know he's playing those one touch passes and as manish pointed out erickson once he dropped further deeper once barella was stuck for vidal he played two beautiful long balls and alexis combined with dambrosio and him he himself could have scored i think alexis you know brings that dynamism and did a pretty good job so as a sub i would give alexis a 7 and for the goal so let's make it 7.5 but yeah that's pretty much for it uh, for me and yeah lukaku is my man of the match as well yeah manish uh, what would you rate uh, sanchez sanchez uh, i i would rate him an 8 uh, he came on with a lot of energy he came on he kept pressing like vamish pointed out and uh I, i like i was keep saying that he pretty much lost his goal threat he cannot score anymore with his right foot so i was glad uh, he scored with a header <laughs> for a change and yes he had one more good chance uh, which pretty much he didn't scuffle the shot he didn't give a clean shot which mm-hmm. keeper stopped but uh, perin nonetheless perin is a very good keeper and uh, to score against him is very good i'm glad he broke the duck i mean he always we want him to score because he'll take off pressure off the other strikers so i'm glad he got a goal with his head uh, and i'm i was also impressed to see dembrosio back on the yeah. field like yeah. the long, longest time since he's seen him and yeah. he coming on the pitch i think with a smile and is you know when he comes on he'll give his best and he gave a very good left footed shot which the keeper stopped yeah, uh, yeah. It was a proper to... like a recuba curler. It was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, forgot it. to mention that. Yeah, actually, Manish, thanks for bringing that because that shot was quite something. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Yeah. I was like, how did Dambrosio? Like a proper uh, El Chino yeah. recuba curler. Exactly. It it wasn't a fluke. <laughs> like it curled and Perrin was on his day. But I think on that basis, we should give Dambrosio a rating. I'll give him a seven. But what about you guys? Yeah, definitely. But more than rating Dembrosio, I'm glad to have him back. Uh, yeah, he played same. last few minutes, so I wouldn't give a rating to him. But Sanchez definitely yeah. need for his yeah. hunger and his drive. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Like Sanchez, I would, I would give a seven because, like you said, he missed the chance. His right foot, he just scuffed the shot. That should have been an easy goal for him. Like right? the older Sanchez would have like just buried it. But since he scored a goal, I mean, his first touch was a goal. so i would give i actually i'll give him an 8 not 7 i gave him an 8 would have given him more if he had scored two goals come on and just scored two goals so yeah so that was those were the ratings and now for the formation against parma manish to you first like what would be your starting 11 against parma uh i would go with the strongest 11 at this stage there's no point for the risking it out trying new players we pretty much after longest time got a formation right and now i don't see any, any reason why conti should change any of the players unless it's a suspension or injury but i think pretty much the same 11 with back three of uh, screenia divrai bastoni and danovic at goal uh, hakimi berella brozovic eriksen and perisic and the front two of lautaro and lukaku uh i think this should be start but i'm for a change i might think sanchez may after scoring a goal he might start over lautaro but that's highly unlikely but uh, pretty much i feel an unchanged 11 will happen from conti side yeah for me i think uh, i think vidar will replace erickson in the starting 11 and uh, i think Laut- uh, lukaku might be rested i have a feeling he might be rested and sanchez will start alongside lukaku uh, alongside lautaro maybe in the first half we'll see how it goes and if it's 0-0 at the end of first half probably at half time 
Lukaku will come in for either Sanchez or Lautaro, and uh, Eriksen also will come in at half time. But starting eleven, I think uh, there will be two changes with the Vidal and uh, Sanchez starting. Parveshwar. Yeah, I mean, I think Gautam, the starting eleven is going to be the same three-five-two, and I know which. Um, Skriniar, Devrai, Bastoni, Perisic, you know, of course, Eriksen and Barella and Brozovic. And of course, Hakimi will return from his suspension. So he will start for sure. And I don't think Alexis will start this one. I think to Manish's point, since there are only, you know, as Contest said this, and I will, I will strongly believe in this, that there are 14 finals left and we have to take them seriously. We are only in one competition. And yes, we have Atalanta right after Parma, you know. This is an this is a different schedule wherein we are playing on a Thursday, but we do have Atalanta and Conte said it in his press conference that we will give Parma the utmost respect and we have enough time to recover for Atalanta. And he did suggest, in a way, also additionally saying that he will feel his strongest level. So I don't think there will be rotation. And with Vidal, I think Eriksen is pretty much in a phase where I don't think benching him helps. Like I know Vidal wants to play, everyone wants to play, but. This is a team effort and everybody needs to do, do their role when called upon. And Sensi for Sensi, I don't think he's still going to be fit to play exactly or even to make it to the squad. He's working towards it, but we all know how fragile he can be. So, I don't think he's going to be a part of the squad. And just quickly, if I had to predict a Parma 11, as I said earlier, they have a few injuries going into this match. Just as we were speaking, I just checked that Cornelius has, his, has pulled his left hamstring. So, he's definitely miss, missing. Gervinho, the biggest threat, as I said, he's going to miss... Pella, Zergze, everyone, and Parma play a 4-3-3. So, they have their keeper, Luigi Seppa, who is pretty uh, he was pretty decent at making saves. You know, his reflexes are pretty good. And I think at right-back, they'll have Andrea Conti, the ex-AC Milan man. At centre-back, they'll have Jordan Osoria, Matea Bani, and Galliolo at left-back. And Yurai Kuchka, who tends to probably sort of have a rough game against us. Like, he, I don't know, he's always fired up against us. And then they have Harnani, Kurtic and Mihaila Karamo, our ex-player, and Bruneta at left wing. That's a 4-3-3 for them. Yeah, that's pretty much for Parma. And yeah, as to what I said about the Inter 11, I don't think it's going to change at all. Yeah. All right. So, let's just hope for the best and keep the unbeaten streak going. All right, folks. So, that was another episode of Solo Inter Gautam, we need, to, we need to predict. We need to predict. Oh, predict yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> All right. So for the prediction, uh, Parmesh, for you first. Yeah. What would be the so, scoreline? Uh, yeah. Um, since these fix, this this entire fixture has been like a tricky one, as I pointed out earlier, since Palmer's return. So I'm not expecting an easy one, but we have grown a lot, as I said. You know, we have seen the maturity in the team. So and to your point, Gautam, I know you're always worried about that seven-game unbeaten thing. So considering all of that, I don't think in terms of us in the scoreline, it will be like a challenge per se. Like we might, I don't think we'll concede, but I think Parma might give us a tough time in phases. So I'm going either for a, oh, I'm, I think I'm just going for a 1-0 win for us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's okay. That's a very conservative scoreline. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Manish, <laughs> what, what, what's uh, your prediction? See, I think Parma over the years has been troubling us quite a bit, uh, scoring goals. But now with a couple of players missing out, uh, I think they might score. Yes, definitely. But I think convincingly we'll win this match 3-1 uh, with Lukaku and now the whole team fired up. And I think pretty much we've been scoring three goals every other last three matches, I believe. Uh, from the uh, Lazio match, Milan match, now Genoa. So we've been scoring three. So I'm going with the same run. We might be uh, The score will be 3-1 with uh, Lukaku and Martinez on the score sheet. 
Okay, and uh, here's a surprise okay. prediction. I know it's been a long time, so I'm going for seven nil to Inter. <laughs> oh my god! Seven I mean, nil yeah, it's due. That scoreline is due yeah. for us, so yeah. I think this will yeah. this will be the game. <laughs> But yeah, let's just hope it doesn't backfire. I know I can I can yeah. understand where you're coming from because if we put so many goals, to your point, we've scored 60 goals. You know, with the third behind, like the third behind PSG and Bayern. You know, in Europe. But yeah, I mean, I hope it doesn't go wrong. At least, yeah. I mean, I'm for me, it's always like like you said, like <laughs> after seven unbeaten, we always yeah. lose or always lose yeah. something. So if you're going to yeah. beat the Jinx, go all out. Like. Yeah. Yeah. But the days. jinx, what I feel like I said, Gautam, whenever you win a high-scoring match, the follow-up match is the jinx. So it's not <laughs> that. That's yeah, my concern. So against Atlanta, and the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so I was also glad, you know, Genoa, we didn't score the fourth or fifth goal, three, three goals. I was happy. Why? Because, you know, it keeps the team grounded. It keeps the team, yes, yeah. we need to work yeah. more. Other than final and, you know, the atmosphere changes. So, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. All right, folks. So that's it for another episode of Solo Inter Podcast. Do follow us on Spotify and other channels where we put the link in the description. And let us know in the comments, like, what do you think of Inter's run? Do you think we should change the lineup for the upcoming games? And what do you think will be the scoreline against Parma? All right. Thank you.